Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' most precious name, I pray. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Let's have our seats. God bless us all in the name of Jesus. And please, just to kind of reiterate that the um, the passing and prayer week, please, let us just endeavor to pass the page. We'll be having a daily Zoom call, prayer call, and we would, by God's grace, have a vigil on Friday. And we'll come together on Sunday to thank God. May God honor our sacrifice of prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. We are talking this morning on a topic called our priesthood. Our priesthood. Our priesthood. Going to start with a popular scripture or a common scripture that we know. First Peter chapter 2 verse 9 to 11. He says, but you are a chosen people, a, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who had called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. said, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you receive, you did not receive mercy, but now you have received mercy. My dear friends, I hold you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So as we look at this scripture, it says that you are a royal priesthood. So basically it said you are a chosen people. That means that before you became a royal priesthood, you were chosen. And now, you see, one of the things we will be looking at is actually what is priesthood. Please know that when he said you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, he is talking about both male and female. There is no, and I would, I would probably, you know, I would explain a couple of things even as we go on. You know, when somebody says that you are a particular thing, basically, I don't know what happens to uh, you know, if I say that um, you are like. Um, a pediatric or autopomologist, um, all this kind of stuff. Initially, before I joined the NHS, I thought everybody was just doctors and nurses. You know, that was the all like doctors and nurses. But until you get into the system, they discover that no, they are very different and things like that. But what I'm trying to say is that you know, when I say you are, you 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 are. Um, and not to um, automologists and things like that. You, the first thing you should ask is, you know, what does that mean? Even at times, like 
organization is a musician, you know, you might say that, ah, I know what he does, he's just singing. But until you spend a month with him or a week with him, then you discover that, <laughs> wait a minute, he's not just singing. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Because I, I can remember that times I would call him around midnight or so, he say he's in the studio. <laughs> and I'll be like, you know, like, this is the middle of the night. But again, that is what the job entails. You get what I'm trying to say? So, you know, and then you begin to appreciate, you know, I'm on my bed, he's, he's outside doing <laughs> working nights. And, you know, it's not that there is an album coming out at times. It's just, that is just basically part of the job. It's just part of the job. And things that, you know, yes, you know, there's the aspect of I love to do music, but there will be times when, you know, that's why I say, you know, when you spend a month with him, you know, even if you love music, you say, you know, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't, you know, God help us in Jesus' name. So what am I trying to say is that when the Bible says you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, where did that come from? Please note that one, the person speaking is Peter. So what does that mean? He's a Jewish man. He un when he's using his word, he understands what he's saying. I remember in these times, the only thing they had was the Torah. Basically, the whole testament. So when he was talking to a Jewish sect, and he's saying, you are a royal priesthood, they understood what he was talking about. So for us to be able to understand it better, it may be good for us to go back to the Old Testament and begin to look at what exactly is the priesthood all about. And you would see in, in, um, in Exodus chapter 19, from verse 5 to 7. Now, this is God talking to Moses. He said, now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations, you will be my, my treasured possession. If you go to Peter, Peter is saying, you are God's special people. But he's saying that, he said, you, are, you will be my, my treasured possession, although the whole earth is mine. What is he saying? I chose you. I, can, I, I see a lot of people around. But I have chosen you. So if you go back to First Peter, you see special people, a chosen generation. So this is what Peter had in mind as Peter was speaking by the mind of God when he was talking to people. So, he now went on to say, you will be for me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. So, basically, what God is saying is that you will be a nation of priesthood. So, that means that there will be nobody in that nation that will, that will not be a priest. And please, when you begin to see who God is talking to, God is talking to Moses. Who was Moses at this time? Moses just left Egypt. This is, this is, Egypt was the most civilized nation in the world. So Moses was at the helm of government. He understands how to build a nation. So when God was saying, no, I know you have an idea of how a nation is built. But I am telling you that this group of people are going to be all priests. 
Now, and what is the job of a priest? The worship or the provide service to God? Basic thing that they do. Now, when God was going to tell Moses that go to Egypt, tell Pharaoh, please know that he had promised them a land, but tell Pharaoh, it, if you notice what God said, God did not say, tell Pharaoh so that I can take my people away and they can be okay, they will have, you know, they will have beautiful things. God said in Exodus chapter 9 verse 1, and I highlighted it here, the Bible says, then the Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh and say to him, This is what the Lord, this is what the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, say. Let my people go so that they may worship him. He did not say, Let them go so that they can, they can have all the best. He said, No, their job is to worship. Why? Because they are priests. Because they are priests. And you will see when Pharaoh, be, when Pharaoh will respond to Moses, Pharaoh told Moses, said, ah, you, know, you know what? Um, yes, it's about worshipping God. It is going to be for a time. So why don't you go and leave a couple of things behind? So what he's saying is that, and I'm stepping in this very close to, to our one thing that, you know, you can be a part-time um, part priest. It's not for you to turn up and just worship God and go back and live your normal life. And Moses understood that. When Moses said in, in Exodus chapter 10 from verse 24 to 26, he said, then Pharaoh summoned Moses and said, go and worship the Lord. Now, the devil has no problem in giving people a sense of worship. So he said, he said, even your women and your children may go with you. Only leave your flock and heads behind. But Moses said, you must allow us to, you, you, you must allow us to have sacrifice and burnt offering to present to the Lord. Our livestock too must go with us. Not a hoof will be left behind. A hoof is the shoes of a, a horse. He said, even that little thing will not be left behind. So, and Moses said, we have to use some of them in worshipping the Lord until we get there. We do not know what God is going to ask of us. So basically, a lifetime of a priest, all their life is priesthood. There is no, there is no section of their life that is not being a priest. So, I guess the question would be, okay, how can you have a nation of priests? Who is going to do the finance? Who is going to build the houses? Who is going to be the security? If they are all going to be priests. And one of the challenges about that is because the way the priesthood has finally been defined as far as God was concerned, either you are a carpenter or you are whatever it is that you are, you are a priest. So what he's saying is that anything that you are doing, you are standing as a priest. You are first a priest 
before you thank her. That is why when you out, you, we'll, we'll see an example in Exodus chapter 31. Now, God was talking about building the tabernacle. And God said, then the Lord said to Moses, see, I have chosen um, Bezalel, or Bezalel, the son of Uri. He said, the son of all. He said, and of the tribe of Judah. I have filled him with the spirit of God. And with wisdom, with all understanding and knowledge, with all kinds of skill. Why? To be to make artistic design. So what am I trying to point out here is that because he is an artist, um, um, an artist, or is it designer, whatever you know, you know, that doesn't exclude him from priesthood. As far as God is concerned. He is a priest. So the being a priest, being whatever it is that they are doing, God was concerned that they first of all recognize that they are priests. So when God was saying they are a nation of priests, he was not take saying that every one of them will stand in the temple and offer um, um sacrifice, they, those are also priests. Everyone outside working on the land of Israel, they are all priests. When, and that was what Peter was trying to tell people know, that you are a nation of priests. Now, Let's go this. So just, you know, one thing about about um, about God is that when God has a mind about something, it would not change what He has said. God may change. Um, may change people, but his mission will never change. So, I'm saying so, what people would think that, you know, once God has said something about you, you see, what? It's that there are certain things that God says about someone. Oh, this person will, um, he, um, I will raise a prophet from a home, let's put it that way, or this person shall be a prophet that I will raise. As far as God is concerned, that person is just um, that person is just a candidate for a mission. If that person fails, God will replace. Because I see, at times people, people cannot differentiate themselves from what God wants to do. Because, see, God has a mission he wants to achieve through the body of Christ. He has a key rule. I know that he wants the oppressing to achieve. God forbid if the oppressing fails, the purpose of God will still be achieved. That is the way it works. So, and as you begin to see, now, let's, what am I saying? He said, um, Numbers chapter 3, 
He said, appoint Aaron and his son to serve as priests. No one else is to approach the sanctuary. Um, sorry, anyone else who approaches the sanctuary will be put to death. Now, why would this happen? God has said every one of them are priests. So why did God change his mind? The Bible says, then the Lord said to Moses, I have taken the Levites from among, from among the Israelites in place. So that means my intention before, what I told you before was that every one of them are priests. But now, now this is where the Levites came from. The Levites were never chosen by God as being a priest before. Something happened. And God said, you know, okay, every one of you is that you think you are priests. You know, he said, he said, he said, the Levites from among the children of from, from among the Israelites, in place of every first meal from the offspring of children of um, from the offspring, uh, every Israelite woman. The Levites are mine. Now, what happened that God now chose the Levites out of the whole people of Israel? What happened was that when they asked Aaron to make a calf for them and they were worshipping, as Moses was coming down and he saw all of them, Moses stood afar and Moses said, anybody that is on the Lord's side, let them come to me. And it was only the Levites that came. Then Moses now said, oh yeah, look at all your brothers. You may, you know, look at all your brothers now. And please, you would understand this as when Jesus would say that when a man, he said, he said, a man that will follow me was ready to forsake his father, mother, and his family. Because what happens is Moses told them, he said, look at all these people of, of kill them all. And the Levites threw out their sword and they killed everybody, including their families. And that was what God said. These ones will stand for me, irrespective of all the issues. Let's go to, um, is it, okay, yeah. So Moses stood at the entrance uh, 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 um, to the camp and whoever, whoever is on the Lord's side, come to me. And all the Levites rallied to him. Then he said to them, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. Each man strap a sword to his side. Go back and forth through the camp from one end to um, from one hand from one hand to to the other, it's killing his brother, friend, and neighbor. The Levite did as Moses commanded them, and about three thousand people died that day. What this, as we read this as an example, what God is saying is that. If you are not ready, see, priesthood is not, is not you can be a whole can, can be all priests. But when it comes to who is going to stand for God, 
God makes his election. So when people say that, uh, um, let me say that, we are the Levites, our Lomolesi, they don't understand how Levites got the rule. If God did it then, he would do it again. I said that to say this, that the Levites are not, they were not, it was not an, a position that was just given to them because God likes them. They took a stand for God and God chose that generation. That is why you would see since then, when priests will arise, it will come from the Levites. Now, one thing I also want to say as we move on is that, you know, you will read the, the scripture earlier that said that, um, you know, God said, I have chosen the children of Levite, the, the Levite. It is from them that I will pick, uh, pick my priesthood. So God was just saying, I'm still going to keep my mind to maintain priesthood, still remains. But what I will do is that I will clear out all these people that are not involved in it. So you begin to see that since then, God was still, and it's also important that priesthood is not, like I said, it's not only about a man or woman. Because as far as God was concerned, the women were the ones, the women were so critical in the formation of priesthood. Why? Because there is, okay, the formation age of that child lies in the hands of the woman. That was why when, as God has called Samuel, Samuel could not be brought into the temple until the mother had completed her job. Can you imagine if Samuel was, uh, I'm sorry, yes, Samuel was brought up wrongly. Eli would be running around. By the time Eli gone, he's now living. So that period is very critical. That is why the women have to be part of the priesthood. Because they are the ones that determine what happens to the future of the priesthood. You will see this also when, you know, people think that when, um, yeah, I know the way it's written, but when, um, when Jesus went to the temple and he got missing, he didn't really get, they didn't lose him in the time that people think they did. What happened was that you will still see it till today, there's what is called Bar Mitzvah in the, in the Jewish tradition. So when the child is 12, the boy, when he's 12, they, you will go to the temple. So what happens is that from uh, when they are going out afterwards, it doesn't follow the mom, it follows the dad. Because he has now become a man. But up till that time, it was the responsibility of the mom to ensure. So when the mom now left, because then in those days, the, the men, you see the men, the men will go ahead of the women. So, because of security and things like that. So, they go ahead of the women. So, by the time they got home, they were like, ah, 
Where is the boy? Ah, he's by Mister. He's following you. Do you get what I'm telling you? So when they came back, that was why Jesus made the statement to say, I am doing my father's job because at that bad mitzvah, the child is supposed to move from his mom to the father. Do you get what I'm trying to say? I'm saying that for, for you to know that the crucial role of the woman in Christian. So if Jesus had been raised badly by 12, see, God himself will say, <laughs> I used to say to people, God loves everybody. He loves sinners. But it's interesting that when he was looking for a woman to raise his child, he's not going to the brother. He can say, okay, no, you, yeah, okay, just come and raise my child for you. Because he understood that when it comes to priesthood, that crucial starting stage is important. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So I'm just saying that as we come to this point, because I don't want even those listening listen online to go, ah, I'm talking about priesthood, it's only men. No, no. Priesthood by scripture cut across everybody. And that's why they, well, that's why Israelites were forbidden to go and marry outside. We're forbidden to go and marry outside. God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, as we come now to having a background of the priesthood, it's important that we begin to understand how does that even relate to us? How does that relate to us? Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. From verse, uh, the Bible says that this is what it says. When he ascended, that's Jesus. It, he, on I, he took many captives and gave gifts to, to his people. What does, as, what does he ascended mean? Except the one who also descended to the lower head. Basically talking about Jesus. Now verse 10 says, He descended, sorry, he who descended is the, is the very one who ascended higher, higher than all heavens. In order, so the aim of Jesus is to be able to influence the whole world. So, the Bible says, in order that he may fill the whole universe. Now, let's read on, please. The Bible says, so, because God wants to fill the whole world, how did he not do it? The Bible says, he gave, so, Christ himself gave the apostles the prophets, the evangelists, the teachers to equip his people for the work of service. What does this mean? You know, another version will tell you, I think the NLT will say, to equip people for the work of ministry. When people say that, who are those in ministry? Ah, that pastor, oh, his ministry is great. No, that is wrong understanding of scripture. The people are the one in ministry. Or do you have an NLT or so? I think it says, one of the versions says, for the work of ministry, or maybe the KJV. It would say, for the work of the ministry. What am I trying to say is that 
the way God is going to be able to influence the whole world will not be by a bunch of pastors, prophets, evangelists. It does not happen that way. Because the mind of God was never to have a selected priesthood, but to have a nation of priests. So their job is to equip his people for the work of, of service. He gave the apostles, prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. For the work of ministry. For building up the body. So when I say that, how is ministry going? You should not say, ah, God hasn't called me. I don't have ministry. The problem has now become that those who, they, who we think have ministry are not standing behind the pulpit. So, everybody feels that they have come to benefit from a ministry. But they don't know that what is happening is that you are, um, so just go to the previous slide, please, thank you. You are just being equipped so that you can do the work of ministry. So, the job here is not doing ministry. It is equipping the saints so that they can go and do the work of ministry. So Aaron and the children were supposed to help the people of Israel so that all the priests that are working their day-to-day -day job will now go and carry their priesthood into their places of work. Does that make sense? This is why, see, as far as God is concerned, anybody that understands priesthood in the days of Daniel, Daniel was not a prophet. I understand that at the time the Bible records him when they, they, they were doing the, um, just as the Bible calls David the prophet. Abraham was called a prophet. So, again, you begin to understand the thinking of scriptures. So, when you see Daniel today, if Daniel were to be living in this country now, Daniel would be working in the parliament. That's what Daniel was doing. But how come God did not... Why did God pick Daniel from Babylon? Do you know that although Daniel lived longer, Daniel and Jeremiah lived at the same time? They were both alive within the same time. Jeremiah was in, was in Jerusalem. Daniel was in Babylon. Jeremiah was giving prophecy about what God is going to do. Daniel took that prophecy in Daniel chapter 9 and went on the altar of prayer. So imagine if Daniel was not functioning in his own role as a priest. Jeremiah would just be giving prophecy upon prophecy upon prophecy. Nothing will happen. The Israelites will still be in bondage. Because God said that, you know, that's why when we read uh, Daniel chapter, uh, chapter 10 from verse 1, he would say that, he, he, he would say that um, how Daniel understood by reading the books or the prophecies of Jeremiah. That was what led Daniel to prayer. 
So what am I trying to say is that whenever you see a side of priesthood being abandoned, no matter what those that are in the church are talking, there will never be an impact. Because priesthood, everybody is involved. That is why it is, it is, it is important that when God ordains somebody, God says somebody is, let me say, um, a prophet. It does not necessarily mean that their full ministry is going to be in the church. You get what I'm trying to say? And I've said this a couple of times. The same oil that they used to anoint the priests and the prophets is the same oil they used to anoint the king. Because as far as God is concerned, they are a family of priests. So one of the challenges as we come to the place like this is that that's why you will see a Christian that will go to work and compromise. Because as far as they are concerned, they are not part of the priesthood. Along with I do not have any more. Because they forget that they are priests. So when they use the ministry of a prophet, when, when the prophet is equipping them by you know by speaking prophetically to their lives, they are forgotten. They are holding on prophecy, but they've forgotten that they are actually a priest to go and deliver what God has said. So the prophecy book may be mounting and mounting and mounting. It is going nowhere because the priests are, are forgotten what they are doing. God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So it's saying there that they are for the work of ministry. Let's go, please. Now, I'm just going to give an example, an illustration. I won't, I won't read it because of our time. Now, David was on the run at the time. And him and his men were hungry. So they came into the temple to come and ask for bread. So the priest said, Ah, this bread is only for the priests. How come David had that bread and nothing happened to him? Because they were all priests. But they don't know what happened. The priest now said, I hope your men have not been fornicating. Basically, what they are saying is that you are not ready, if you are not ready to pay the price of priesthood, then you cannot eat this bread. If you are ready to live your life as a priest, either you are in battle or anywhere, you will be able to eat the bread. From, from. So when David now said, none of my, my, my men I've been sleeping around with women or fornicating or whatever the case may be. 
And the man said, okay, yes, you can eat it. So why were they not able to eat the bread before? Because they were not living like priests. So the other children of Israel were saying, ah, shall I want bread, the bread of the priest. Ah, it is the priest that eats it. You dare not go near it, not knowing that if you are an Israelite, you can eat that bread. But what was this stopping them was that some people saw some as priests and they saw themselves as any other person. That is the same scenario playing in the body of Christ. Where we see some as superstars and others as spectators. But actually, we are all priests. And when you begin to study or you know see the CNS fold, it, it is the same template. That is why at the very beginning, you only had Babaladra and Aladra. Babaladra was just, it wasn't a title. It was a role, it was what he was doing. Because in those days, people go to Babalau. So, Oimarani tries not to do his service in the morning so that the other churches would do their service because CNS was never intended, or sorry, the, the founder never intended it to be a church. That's why when you read the CNS scene, you say, or it was never intended to be a church. Because his mind was not to start a church. He, was, he just saw the need that people needed to call on God. And so people, after their church, when they go to the Catholics and things that God, they read their history and whatever it is, they will now come out to come and gather amongst people that are praying. So when they saw them, they called them prayerists. Then the leader, so when people say that, where are you going? Because in those days, you either go to Babalao. So when they saw him, they saw Baladra. What I'm trying to tell you is this, is that then the entrance into the fold was prayerist. In essence, once you enter the fold, you are a priest. You cannot go and do or whatever God has called you to do. Either pastor, evangelist, or whatever it is, but you are forced an aladra. You are forced a priest. Does this make sense? Now, the challenge now at times is that when you begin to emphasize our common unity, sorry, individuality versus our common unity, that is why you would see somebody who is in, sorry, I'm not just using choir as an example, somebody who is in the choir, they will say, ah, no, we are not, we are not, um, we are not, we are not part of those that pray. Or maybe somebody working for the school. They are, they are not part of those. No, everybody is a ladra. That is where you come to. Then, as so basically, what they are saying is that every one of you, you are priests. There should be none of you that is not qualified as a priest. Does this make sense to us? Now, one of the things that has made 
this why I'm see at times I think it is wrong to kind of see it as Aladra as the smallest title in Sianso. Every one of us, that is what we are. At basic, that's what we are. Just like I can, you can become, um, you can, or let me say hi, because I've seen much Nigeria. I can become Minister of Finance in Nigeria. I am first in Nigeria before I can become Minister. You cannot be a prime, you cannot come from Kuwait now and come here to come and contest for um, <laughs> Prime Minister. Or you know, for as an MP, even part of the qualification you will see it there. So your qualification is irrelevant if you are not first part of, of, of that of that nation. So what am I trying to point out is this: is that even the fold is trying to teach that we are first priests. That is why the high priest is called high priest. That means he's first a priest before he got to whatever he's doing. But when the high priest now forgets that his first identity is priests, that is, see, and, and that is why it's important as we begin to explain this more. That's why even if you are if, if you, you are a, word, um, a traffic warder outside from the church, you are first a priest. Or you are first an aladra. Please, I don't know. I know that other people have different slight directions in, in how things are done. But generally, what they try to do in, in, in the fold that I know I'm well aware of is that they bring people first. That's before you join units. You come first as an alateral. That's why they try to do it as quickly as possible. So even at your young age, you are not allowed to do anything. Except you are forced and aladra, then you begin to you begin not move up, you begin to branch out into your faith. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So, so that is what I'm trying to say is that what stopped them was not because that they could not eat, but because they were not ready to pay the price of priesthood. So the question is, as we go on, is that are you Prepared to pay the price of wisdom. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 5, verse 9 to 11, it says that, sorry, 9 to 10, it says that, it says that they sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seal because you, are, you were slain. This is Jesus. And your blood and, and your blood purchased for God persons from every tribe, language, people, and nation. And you have, so that means that now God has left the issue about trying to make a nation of priesthood from Israel. What he's not doing is that he's going through every nation, any kind of people, and the Bible says you have made them to be a kingdom of priests. So what I'm trying to point out is that the intention of God to raise priesthood has ever been, and that's what God wants to raise. That is what God still wants to raise. And the Bible says they will reign on earth. So, 
What am I trying to point out is this. The way you reign as a Christian is first of all when you recognize your role as a priest. Now, what is one of the major things of a priest? The priest is expected to burn incense on a daily basis. Exodus chapter 20 to 30, verse 7 to 8. He said, Aaron must burn fragrant incense on the altar every morning when he, when, when he tends to the lamp. He must burn incense again when the light and the lamps are twilight. So the incense will be regularly burned before the Lord for all generations come. So he said, God is saying, no, for all generations, so every generation of priests must be committed to the burning of incense. Now, what is the burning of incense by scripture? Psalm 141 verse 2. David trying to give an illustration of it. David said, may, may, the, may, may my prayer be set before you like an incense. So as God is concerned, when it comes to incense burning, he's talking about a prayer life. He's talking about a prayer life. Revelation chapter 5, verse 5, um, chapter 5, verse 8. The Bible says, And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, and each one had harps, and they were holding a golden bowl full of incense, which are the prayers of the people of God. So that is, you will not understand when Jesus said, man always ought to pray and offer it. Because as when you come into priesthood, your prayer life has to be constant. I understand that you know, people say, no, I've been busy and things like that, you know. But when you now see somebody like Daniel, who with his all busy schedule, he was still mounting the altar of prayer because they understood they were first priests before any other thing that they do. You understand how David, even though a king, was able to pray three times a day, even though he was a king. One of these things are not properly taught within the fold or within the Christendom. That is why you will see you know, other religions, no matter what they are doing, that five times prayer will be done. It's not in Christianity. See, I, I, can't, I can't do that. I'm, I'm just I'm just too tired. I'm busy. My days are busy. Now, you know, just putting it together, just going to read this scripture. No, just wanted to, um, maybe I might be able to, to just close the door, sort it out. Um, just for us to be able to kind of understand how, how things go. 
um, Luke chapter 1. Now, the Bible says about Zechariah, I am very guilty of this thing, but I, I, I was guilty of this thing, but it's just good for. Now, the Bible says that once Zechariah's division was on duty, he was, he was serving as a priest before the Lord. And the Bible says that he was chosen by the Lord according to the custom of priesthood. Going into the temple of the Lord and burning incense. When the time of incense burning came, all the, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. That is why, please, you know, I hope that, you know, it's not being a security of anybody. But that is why when you are carrying incense, you expect them to be praying. You know, you're not just carrying it around, you know. I too was guilty of it, you know, I used to say it. And then I was I was a specialist in carrying incense. I'll be sleeping like this, and I'll be carrying that incense. I will go up and down, up and down. I'm sleeping, but I wasn't carrying that like that. The only time you will know is when you will now cross me. You <laughs> that's covered that you know, because I'm already on autopilot. I don't know how I don't do it, but you know, when you form a habit of something, I know where the altar is. I know where the so you just see me that I will just be going up, down, up, down to everybody. Ah, that boy is very efficient. Until when you now want to pass, and just the whole thing just goes up in the air. <laughs> so my dad knew my dad was going to soon. I know. At least I know. God help us. But you know, as you get to understand these things, so when you are burning incense, it is not the time to, you know, it is the time to pray. That does also means that those churches that do not burn incense, that is why altar of prayer is the same as incense. If you are burning incense and you are not praying, it doesn't make sense. You are just smoking yourself up. And if you mount your altar of prayer, even at your workplace, incense is going up to God. Does that make sense? God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, as we just draw this to a place of prayer, Malachi chapter 1 verse 11, I just keep some scriptures. The Bible says, My name will be great among the nations, from where the sun rises to where it sets. In every place, incense and pure offerings will be burnt to me, because my name will be great among the nations. So, what God is saying is that now I am counting on priests to stand in every nation that my name may be glorified. And but what they are supposed to do, their role as priests, they first of all need to understand that they are first priests. 
then you would know that I can be walking and still be fasting. Because I am first a priest. I can take my time out of, um, uh, of in, my, in my break time, spend 15 minutes just going down to the lobby and going to pray because I am developing my priesthood. If somebody, I'm not saying you have to fast all the time, but what I'm saying is that, you see, if you are in the mind of prayer at your workplace, it will be difficult for somebody to, because, because your mind is set as a priest. Most of the things that people fall into are times when you first of all settle in your mind, I am first a priest, you begin to discover, I'm not saying it's going to be easy at first, you begin to discover that you'll be able to navigate your way through certain things. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So, I, let me just point to a couple of things where we begin to say, you know, it's, ah, it's difficult. How will it be possible to be able to live a life as a priest, even in this very busy world? One thing I want you to know is this, is that when you keep on practicing it, God would, the Spirit of God will start to give you help in your journey as a priest. See, when somebody starts to do something, let's say something, tell somebody lies, you tell the lie the first time, tell the lie the second time, you discover that if you are not careful, you will get to a time that the lie will just keep coming. Because what happens is that, okay, let me there is something there is there is I believe and I'll show you from I'll explain from scriptures there is what is called in the spirit spiritual law which is called the law of consistency so if you come here every Sunday as we are coming to come and call out the name of God with time that place will become sanctified. Because when consistency, okay, I don't know if that's happened to anybody. When you make up your mind that you want to be praying at 6 a.m. in the morning, at first you'll be sleeping, you'll be praying, then you'll be doing this, you'll be doing that. Later on, you'll discover that you'll be sleeping and something will wake you up at that time. Because consistency yields to the spiritual, connect spiritual laws. That is why when the, when the, what's it called, the prophet of Baal, when they kept on doing the same thing, because consistency will break a particular hold. You will see Jesus. The Bible says he went to Gethsemane and he prayed the same prayer again. Because consistency in a place in when it comes to spiritual things, then you it's as if it's, it's as if you are pushing yourself or you are pushing yourself, you are pushing yourself, all of a sudden before you know it, you are being pushed by something else, and you gather that help in that journey. 
Does that make sense? Now, let me show us from the scriptures. Let's just go to Romans chapter 6. Also to that um, amplified version for me, please. Romans chapter 6. Next one, please. He said, do you not know when you continually offer yourselves to someone to do his will, you are the slave of the one whom you obey. Either slaves to sin, which leads to death, or obedience, which leads to righteousness. So he's saying, if you continually do it, before you know it, you are already asking or seeking for, you're already getting attention. And what I'm trying to say is that, yes, there are times when one prays and things happen, don't get me wrong, but you will see that the more you continually do something, before you know it, it becomes, you, you just cover that you're not. That's why if somebody wants to, if you want to worship an idol, it's not complicated. Just carry one thing there. Bow before it. Come tomorrow. Bow before it. Keep on bowing for it. Before you know it, that thing becomes an idol. Because laws of consistency. And that's why I was saying that, please don't, I'm not saying that, you know, it just, it just helps a lot. That's why you will see, that's why I said, you, if you've made up your mind that you're going to be praying every 3 a.m. in the morning, if you continue, 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 you get to a time you will just be woken up at that exact time. Or maybe just five minutes to. Why? Because consistency has kicked in and you've joined fellowship with the spiritual world. That is why discipline is very important when it comes to spiritual things. God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. So what, why am I saying this is that if I want to, if I want to, one is that if I if I if I make up my mind that you know, and I'm not saying please don't beat yourself down if you if you make a mistake. It is just for you to pick yourself back up and continue in your journey. So what I'm trying to say is that so if I have been saying that I am going to pray at a particular time and I discover that maybe workload or I just forget, make up your mind again to start praying. And you will see that as you continue in that journey, before you know it, it will not be easy at first. But before you know it, your people will start moving things in your calendar for that time. Not that you will tell them, but you just see that something will happen. And people say, sorry, I can't meet up at this time. Then you know that that time is already getting honored by God. So that's what the Bible is saying. That when you continually offer yourself, so when somebody constantly takes a habit on and habit on and habit on, before you know it, you see somebody in trance who doesn't know that person will say that there is a spirit behind what that person is doing. That person did not go and look for spirits. But because you continually do it, you're already gaining attention. You're already gaining attention. God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. So, 
that's just for you to know that your journey as a priest is possible. It is just the discipline to start. And why would you want to put that discipline in? The Bible says that, you know, the Bible says, please just go to that Romans chapter um, 12. The Bible says, um, I'm just reading the Amplified. The Bible says, therefore, I hold you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, present your bodies, dedicating all of yourselves, set apart as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, which is your rational and logical and intellect, intelligent act of worship. On that version, we say, which is your reasonable sacrifice. That means you are reasoning it. So, see, at times we think that the spirit will not move me all the time. No. You have to, at times, deliberately say, you know, this is what Jesus has done for me. I am going to deliberately give my life to him. I want to deliberately do this. Because I think at times most people think that you just have to wait for the Spirit of God to just come and sweep you and you start, you know, you start going on this prayer walk or you start doing this, you start doing that. No, it doesn't happen. Or it may happen on occasions. But when God gives you the first push, he expects you, it's as if you is a child that wants to uh, ride a bicycle. If you push that child and that child is not going to use the propeller, you get what I'm So, God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. So, we come to this part. Till I've gone beyond my time. Um, we come to this part of where we begin to look at, you know, just one aspect of, of the practical effects of priesthood. Practical effects of priesthood. Matthew chapter 28. Verse 19 to 20, Jesus said, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. He did not say some of them. He said all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything that I've commanded you. What does this statement, first of all, say? That means that it is not peculiar to a particular country. If God moves in a particular way in Nigeria, he can move the same way in England. If he can move in Israel, in Saturday, he can move anywhere. It does not matter. So, the question is that what are the tools by which I can, I can win over nations or even in my family? How can I implement this? How was it, how was it implemented? I will show you one of the parts where you begin to see this is, is when you go to, um, you know, the, the Bible says that, you go to Mark, uh, Mark chapter 16, verse, the Bible says, after this, Jesus had spoken to them, and he had taken them up into heaven, and he's, sorry, and he has been taken up into heaven and sat at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere. So that means that it did not matter where they were. It was effective. So people say that, ah, it's like when a journey, ah, oh God, the power, you feel the power. 
No, that's not scriptures. Bible says everywhere you will get the same answer. So, the Bible says that the Lord walked with them, confirming his word with signs that accompanied it. So, after Jesus said this, the first application of what Jesus said was in hearts. The day of Pentecost. And the Bible says that they were gathered and suddenly the sound, a sound came and the whole house was filled and before you know it, the whole people around gathered and 3,000 people were born, were, born, were born to God from every nation. So, when Jesus said to them, go out to one nation, win every nation, it happened first in the book of Acts. Now, the question is, how did it happen? What came, how did that incident happen? What, how did, 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 did it just happen because Jesus said to? When you go to Acts chapter, um, Acts chapter 1, the Bible says, verse 14, the Bible says, they all joined together constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and with his brothers. So, what brought about that impact? The Bible says they were constantly standing in prayer before Pentecost came. Now, when um, Peter was about to speak. Peter now said, what you are seeing is what Joel wrote. So the question is, Peter is saying, what you saw just happen now is a template of what is already written in the book of Joel. What does the book of Joel say? Afterwards, I will do what? I will pour out my spirit upon the flesh. So, where did the Bible talk about the author of prayer? Because if that was what Joel said, then that means that it is not, it's not exactly what, how Joel described it. So let's go to the book of Joel and go and see what now, the Bible says, Joel chapter 2, verse 17, back to where we started from. It said, let the priests who minister before the Lord. Peter said, we are now the royal priesthood. So they gathered in the upper room and they began to pray. Look at what Joel said. He said, let them weep, weep between the porch and the altar. Let them say, spare your people, Lord. Do not take your inheritance as an object of scorn, a byword among nations. That you should, why, why should they say among the people, where is their God? So basically, the Bible says they were weeping between the porch. When you read on that version, I'll tell you the porch and, and the altar. Basically, that was the porch. When you look at the temple, when the temple was created, was the porch was at the at the back, and the altar was in the front. So, I can imagine them walking up and down the church, the temple, and saying, God, when are you going to send your revival? Father, when is this going to happen? 
And when you now go to John chapter 2, verse 28, the Bible now says, afterwards. So that means that after that, the priest rise up in the altar of prayer. Then Pentecost will come. When somebody asked me some time ago, what does it take to have Pentecost? I said, you need people who are committed on the altar of prayer. If you want to win a nation, it doesn't happen. And when you read the book of Acts, it did not say Pentecost. The Bible says, when Pentecost had fully come, that means that Pentecost was already building up till he appeared on that day. Does this make sense to us? God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So the question is this. If you are looking for a template to be replayed, either in your house, in your family, or anywhere around you, God is just saying, where are the priests? Get the priest to the altars, and you'll see the effect. That is why when Peter, they knew that one Pentecost was going to happen, the priests, the new generation of priests will have to gather on the altar of prayer. There are so many things that God wants to do within your own generation or your own family. But God is saying, where are my priests? And at times, like I said, we have people think, because I'm a doctor, I am not a priest. No, you are forced a priest. Then you're a doctor. The only way you can win that place for God is when you are forced a priest, then you're a doctor. I was, I, was, I, was, I was speaking to somebody who spoke to me about certain things, and I said to them, I said, you know, they work in the hospital. You are not allowed to pray for people in the hospital, except they ask you to. But you're not, and things like that. So you're not, you know, it's your job to pray. But that is the role as a, um, what's it called? That is your role of fish, that is your job. But your calling is a priest. And Jesus gave us another template where he said, Call me in the secret, and I will answer you in the public. And I began to tell her, I said, you know, when you go and give people medications, be praying in your heart for them. Because you are the priest that is sent to that place. Do you know before long, she was not going around praying for people. People in the world began to ask her, can I speak to you? Can you pray for me? Why? Because once the priest took up her job and began to walk around the hospital, it got to a time that know when she will be at home, she will be sleeping. God will be revealing issues that are happening in, in the hospital and say, you need to pray for this. You need to pray for that. You need to do this. You need to do that. So she will stand up in the middle of the night and start praying. Why? Because she found out she was forced a priest. And do you know what happened? She was, she was concerned about something in her personal life. And I said to her, I said, the Bible says, 
Yeah, I said that was only two. I just said, I said, the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and every other thing shall be added to you. She said, I've been praying for this for years. I said, don't worry about it. Take up your job as a priest. Carry on your job at home. All glory to God. Before about, I think, two months, that which had been asking God for years just happened. Why? Because she took up her job as a priest. And I think so many things happen within our workplaces or within our family. Or so or you hear a call about you hear something about somebody and you say, Well, well, you know, they're gonna be okay, Jerry. And God is saying, I ah, know. Maybe maybe what God is saying that no, once I have a priest in that home, in that building, that block of flat, or that 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 street, there is a priest sitting there. If that priest can only hear. You hear that somebody next door is sick. You don't have to go to their house. But as a priest, you can lay hands on your wall and say, in the name of Jesus. And constantly start praying. You begin to see that your priesthood will begin to rise. So when people say that, ah, I have nothing doing. They've not, they've, they've, um, they've not explored my talent in church. <laughs> Ah, God have mercy. See, there's enough job outside. Did somebody asked me one day, and I'm just going to close on that, and said, um, is it our job now to invite people who are Christians who we know that they are committed in other churches to come to the blessing? I said, no. So there are so many Christians, people who don't know Christ, if everybody around you who don't know Jesus, you speak to them first, you will see that you are more than enough. Does this make sense to us? There is, I, I just want you to know that as God empowers priesthood, he empowers you as you are ready to do his job. As you are ready to do his job. There's a servant of God who is who is who I respect a lot. And you know, he went out to do evangelism. He now saw this man that they've been doing evangelism, this old man that was doing evangelism. And he said, and because of his experience, that man doesn't look like somebody that has power. You know, you know, as in. So I said to him, I said, we we're just talking, I said, that man that you think is very uh, an ordinary Christian. The kind of power he carries. Later on, God opened his eyes and he got to know. What am I trying to say? That man, I believe, is more anointed or more, yeah, more, more supported than most people, including me, standing in the church. Why? Because he's an evangelist that stands out. And he's facing the raw battle. You see, when Google, what we don't think is that some of us are like policemen. It doesn't mean that you are less. Some of us are like policemen. There are some gods that don't give policemen. Because what a soldier will face, you would not face it. So when you see a man standing in the streets, preaching in London, those people carry such more support than those in the church. Because they are the ones at the front line. 
But we think that those standing in the church are the ones that are, <laughs> that are more powerful. Whereas, even the missionary that God has sent into a village is because God knows he needs more resources. You are still shielded. They are talking to Christians. They, they are talking to... <laughs> God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.